Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Here's your host, Rob Fontenot. Astros Baseball is brought to you by Ram Shirts. Ram Shirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ram Shirts. Go to RamShirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Astros Baseball. Joining me today is the voice of the Sugarland Skeeters, Mr. Gerald Sanchez. Gerald, welcome back to the show, buddy. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. So the last time we were talking, I really wasn't sure what you were doing, but I know I enjoyed our conversation and having you on. Uh, but then all of a sudden, you're you're like the voice of the Sugarland Skaters. How did that happen? Well, I had worked the Constellation Energy League the year before. That was the league that Roger Clemens put together, putting together minor league teams because minor league baseball did not play a season last year in 2020 because of COVID. So this year, the well, in 2020, they had the, the minor leagues, the, a lot of the ball players playing, and they had four different teams, and they uh, got to know the, the Skeeters folks very well and was able to correlate that into turning the, uh, the opportunity into becoming their voice for 2021, their inaugural season, as a AAA affiliate of the Houston Astros. How many games did you have to call this year? There was 140 games, excuse me, 130. Usually there's 144 in a season, but they lopped off the first month of the season. So they didn't get started until May the 6th. Did the uh, minor leagues not have playoffs? They did through AA. AAA did not have a playoff system. They had the final stretch in which they played final 10 games, which this that was added onto the schedule in July. Major League hmm. Baseball made that announcement. They added 10 games to all of the AAA teams. So there was 10 games, and they called that the final stretch. There were no playoffs this year. But if there were, the Skeeters would have been a part of the postseason for AAA as they won the AAA West East Division. Right. Yeah, I had seen that they were doing very well. And... You know, I was waiting. I was waiting for the playoffs to start, and it never did. And I knew that Porpoise didn't have a good enough record to get in there, and I'm not really familiar with the other teams. But, yeah, I, I had no idea. Uh, but looking at the Sugarland Skaters roster this season, who did you see or who are you noticing that you believe will make a huge impact with the Astros sometime in the future? Well, they had a couple of pitchers, Hunter Brown, who is ranked third in the prospect list for the Skeeters. I think that he is going to be one that has an opportunity to to show what he can come spring training. 
They're really high on Jeremy Pena, and rightfully so. He hit the ball very well, hit over 300, had uh, double digits and home runs in a very short amount of time, including three home runs in one game. He's the shortstop, and he has excellent range. He is very smooth. He's got a, a an outstanding arm as a shortstop, and he's also the son of uh, former big leaguer Geronimo Pena. So Jeremy Pena is another guy to to look for. They're also high on Pedro Leon, who was called up in July, but then he broke a uh, a finger on his hand sliding into a base at Oklahoma City, and they're high on him. Struggled when he came back to finish the season. So you've got some prospects right there. And then, obviously, Corey Lee, who is rated number one in the prospect list in for the uh, the Astros minor league farm system. He's a catcher, and they brought him up, too, at the very end of the season in the AAA final stretch. So you got four prospects on that roster for the Skeeters that closed out 2021 that the Astros are very high on. And I think that you could take any one of those four, but if I'm – Really guessing, I'd say maybe Brown at this point. Brown, the pitcher, right-hander from Detroit, and then Jeremy Pena. So you think Jeremy, I mean, this is what I heard. I know they're really high on Pedro Leon, who's a center fielder, as far as I know. And they're trying to convert him into a shortstop. But does having Jeremy Pena rising to the top kind of move him back to the outfield? It might, I would think. And I think that it's whoever can showcase who's ready first. And that's where they they do. Now, obviously, let's see what happens with Carlos Correa. That is a big situation that the Astros have. And if the Astros win the World Series, I would think that, that Correa would want to stay and work out a situation with the Astros. They might meet halfway or Correa just might say, hey, I want my money and go to the highest bidder. I would I would think that Correa would want to stay here because of the, 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 the chemistry and the relationships and the bond that he has with the guys on the roster. And um, but, but with Pena or Leon, that may be an option if Correa does not come back in 2022. All right, let's talk about the World Series. I know when the Sugarland Skeeter season was over, Looks like you were enjoying a lot of uh, postseason games with your dad. Yes. And the Astros are in the World Series for the third time in five years. They defeated the Dodgers, and then they lost in Game 7 to the Nationals. And now they're playing the Braves on Tuesday at 7 o'clock on Fox. Are you going to any World Series games? I'm going to every single home game. (laughs) I wouldn't miss it. So looking at Dusty Baker, long, long storied, successful career. I think he went to the World Series once with the Dodger. I mean, with the Giants and he didn't win. But he's looking to get his first World Series win. How big would that be for Dusty's legacy? Well, Dusty, as a manager, did go to the World Series in 2002. He also won a World Series as a player in 1981. That 81 Dodger ball club that he played on defeated the Astros in the division series. The Astros had a two-game none lead, and then they went to the final three out in Los Angeles and lost all three. But as a manager, the 2002 World Series where he was the manager of the Giants, and they got so close, that seven-game series that they lost against the Anaheim Angels, as they were called at the time, 
That was the first and only World Series for Anaheim. That was uh, Mike Sosha was the manager. But if you remember Game 6, Russ Ortiz, a right-hander who eventually played with the Astros several years later, had that lead. They had the big lead, and they coughed it up. And the Angels rallied in the eighth inning and forced a Game 7, and then he lost. And Barry Bonds was unable to get that championship ring. He got so close, and that was a, mm-hmm. a really good San Francisco ball club. If you remember, Kent and Barry Bonds were uh, a part of that. Yeah. So if you're you're looking at the comparison here, the Giants had their little mini dynasty going. They were I can't remember the years, but they were winning. They won the World Series three times, but it was like every other year. It was the even years of 2010, 2012, and 2014. There you go. So now the Astros. 2017, 19, 21. They could repeat it. Yeah. So they're facing the Braves in the World Series. Braves haven't really been to the World Series in a long time. Were you surprised that the the Braves beat the Dodgers? A little bit because the way that the series started and that the way that the Dodgers had won that wild card game uh, and then they won the division series against San Francisco it felt like okay they're going to find a way to do it again they're going to they have the experience they're the defending world champions albeit in a 60 game season the previous year they're going to find a way and the Braves have been close on a couple of occasions last year they had a 3-1 lead against the Dodgers and couldn't finish it but as the series progressed it seemed that especially winning those two games at home the way that the Braves did in walk-off fashion, I think that really gave the Braves the confidence heading into those middle three games in, in Los Angeles. And they won. They took care of business. They, they got one and to where they could close it out at uh, Truist Field in Atlanta last night. So the Astros and the Braves have met five times in the playoffs. Atlanta beat Houston in the NLDS in 97, 99, and 01. And I believe 99 was a five-game series, and I I think I went to the third game. It was a four-game series. The final game in the Astrodome. Yes. Game four, Ken Ken Caminiti flied out to center field. Andrew Jones made the catch, and the Astrodome was uh, closed down. John Rocker got the save, and the Astros almost rallied and came back in in that game. They lost 7-5. to Shane Reynolds got the start. It was a Saturday afternoon, and they came oh so close to beating the Braves. They won the first game in 99 in Atlanta. They beat Greg Maddox. Caminiti hit a home run. Daryl Ward hit a home run. And then the the game three, with the bases loaded and nobody out, Tony Osebio hits that ball. Walt Weiss makes a tremendous play at shortstop, getting the force out at home. The Astros had the bases loaded on several different occasions in that ball game, and they just couldn't push across that run late in the game. And then Brian Jordan, the two-run double in game three in right field, and it was the game four, and then they just couldn't recover. Yeah, I'm not really sure if the game I went to was 97 or 99. but The the game game three in 99 was a 12-inning game. It was a Friday afternoon. It might have been 97 then. The, The Friday, it was, okay, so 97, the home game, there was a Friday afternoon. Chucky Carr got the only run for the Astros, a home run against John Smoltz, and the Astros got swept in that series. The Astros were not even That's in the, the Braves' league 
uh, at that time. But yeah. if you remember 98, they played really good. And then Jerry Hunsinger got the trade of uh, Randy Johnson at the deadline in 98. And the Astros had their highest win total to that point, 102 wins in 98. And it felt like they were going to go to the World Series and play the Yankees. And then they got upset by the San Diego Padres. Kevin Brown pitched outstanding in that series. And Sterling Hitchcock in those shadows in the afternoon in San Diego in game four. Oh, that was tough. That was really that, that 98 season was really tough to, to stomach, knowing that they came so close and they were a really good ball club. Yeah, so that must have been 97. I, I don't have the memory of of when I used to go to the games as I do the current games because I wasn't as involved in it. Uh, but I do, I do remember them getting swept, and I remember I got a bag, some kind of like a duffel bag or something was the giveaway. But Houston did pay them back. They beat them in the NLDS 2004-2005, which the Astros ended up going to the World Series, their first World Series, and getting swept by the Chicago White Sox. Did you happen to get to go to any of those games? Went to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Game, and so the, the 05, they, they had a 2-1 lead on that Sunday afternoon, and they ended up making that tremendous comeback. Berkman hits the grand slam in the eighth inning. Brad Osmus with two outs in the ninth hits the home run that barely goes over the yellow line in left center field. And then the Chris Burke home run in the 18th inning. That was amazing. Roger Clemens pitched three innings in relief. That's a story in itself. That may be a story that we share at another time where Phil Garner and Roger Clemens have that dialogue and his younger son becomes his bullpen catcher. And that 18-inning game was a classic. One of my favorite Astro memories. One of my favorite Astro games. The ebbs and flows and the roller coasters of emotion in that Sunday afternoon game in Game 4 in 05 against Atlanta was just, I cannot believe that the Astros won. Because remember, the Astros at that point had always found a way to break our hearts and lose these tremendous close games. Mm-hmm. And Rob, as the as that game was going on, and it, we got to the 14th inning, and I thought, 16 inning game 686. That's the first thing that came to my mind because that was a, a, a memory I'll always remember the rest of my life when Hatcher hit the home run against the foul pole and they lost to the Mets, and the Mets went to the World Series. So they're in the 14th inning. Then they get to the 16th inning. And I tell my girlfriend, I said that, you know what? They are, they're going to, they're going to, they've tied the all-time record for longest postseason game in MLB history. And then shortly after that, it showed on the big Jumbotron, which is not El Grande, <laughs> which they have now, but it says 16 innings ties the longest MLB um, uh, game in postseason history. Then we went to the 17th, and then we went to the 18th, and then that's when Burke hit the home run into the Crawford boxes. Well, you definitely know your Astros history. Uh, speaking of that, I forgot to to bring that up, but... Not not the last guest, but the one before that. It was supposed to be scheduled right after you, but I had Micah Cost on, and it was right after y'all had did the Skeeters game together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike's a very good friend of mine. He said he said you guys went to a restaurant or something, and you just ended up talking baseball for four hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's normally the case when we get together. You guys could have a uh, Astros. Who would win? You or him? Astros. Jeopardy history. Oh, easily, Mike. <laughs> I could beat well, him in the Rockets. 
and he can beat me in the Astros if you, if we were going in a contest. Oh, there you go. All right, so the Astros have home field advantage 2019. Didn't matter at all. And uh, me personally, I called in sick to work on game six. You know, I thought there's no way they're going to lose at home, and they lost. And so the next day I called in again because I was like, there's no way they're going to lose four times, and they did. So you're looking at this year, Atlanta beat Milwaukee three games to one. They beat the Dodgers four games to do they, two. They were 5-0 and oh at home and 2-3 and three on the road. Houston beat the Chicago White Sox 3-1. to one. They beat Boston 4-2. to two. So they pretty much had the same road as far as games played, if I wrote this down right. And Houston's 4-1 and one at home, 3-2 and two away. Do you think there's any advantage having home field advantage? Of all the major sports, football, hockey, basketball, and baseball, I think the sport that has the least uh, effect on home field is probably baseball. I would think that baseball is probably the least. And if you have a really good starting pitcher like Kevin Brown in 98, striking out 17 Astros in game one in a division series, didn't matter how loud the Astrodome was that afternoon. Brown just couldn't be touched. Yeah. So I would think that the home field, it's nice to start the series at home, but it doesn't mean nothing if you don't go up 2-0. I mean, just, you're playing the games. So really the, 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 the object is obviously winning four of four of seven. And whoever the first team that does that, doesn't matter if it's home or away, it's, it's, that's what it's about. And, yeah, baseball has the least uh, effect of, of home field. And we've seen it before where teams win the wild card and then they win the World Series. Yeah. Without- I think they, yeah, they both have pretty similar numbers. You know, on the road, it looks like both teams are playing better at home. So, well, look, look, for example, look at uh, 2017. Beat the Dodgers in Game Seven didn't have home field. That's true. Oh, so the time we the time games. we had home field, we lost. The time yeah. we, we didn't, we won. So who knows? And we didn't have home field against the White Sox, and we got swept. But the thing <laughs> I remind fans about the sweep because people forget through time, or they might not even know. But we were swept by the White Sox in 05. And the difference in that series, Rob, differential of six runs. How close is that? If you remember, all those games were very close and tight. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. Astros just couldn't come up with a big hit. Adam Everett and Morgan Ensberg left multiple runners in scoring position on base time after time after time. And the differential in that series was six runs. The Astros could have been easily the team that swept the White Sox, but the White Sox had, uh, they just had this, it was a special season for them and they, they won it. Yeah. Sometimes just a team of destiny. And I talked about that on here about the Red Sox, you know, after they took the two to one lead, I was thinking it, it might just be the Red Sox year. They might just be the team of destiny this year. And I really love the way the Astros uh, took that series over from them. So looking at games one and two, you know, the Astros are at home. You know, when I was, when I was doing the notes, you know, the Braves had announced Morton or Max Freed will start game one and two. But I think today they said Morton. And for the Astros, it should be Framber Valdez. I was a little worried about Framber Valdez and Luis Garcia, their first outing 
in Boston, but they both looked really, really good. Who do you think has the advantage in the pitching department between the Braves and the Astros? If Framber has the game, he has the stuff that he does at home. He's a very effective pitcher at home. And if he has that stuff that he had at Fenway in game number five, the Astros have the advantage. So going into games three and four, I'm assuming game three will be Arcady. Who, who would you see at, at game four? I think it depends. They might have Greinke open the game again. They might have him go a couple of innings, see how long he can get stretched out. They might come back with uh, Valdez. I, I, I don't know it, because the pitching is just not set. It's not solid. And, of course, depending on what the series is, right. I don't really know who would be a, a starter for, for game four. Yeah, it's kind of the way Boston, you know, Framber didn't go very long, so he didn't need as much rest. But very impressed by Luis Garcia's outing. He went, what, eight? I mean, how about six innings? He was in the sixth inning before he even gave up a hit. So pretty confident about that. I don't know how good the Braves' bullpen is, but our bullpen has been very, very good. Braves have, play- a do, have a very good bullpen, and it showed in the series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. With the exception of the Dodgers' win in Game 3, they coughed up that lead, and it was a 5-2 lead in the eighth inning, and then that's when uh, Cody Bellinger hit the game-tying home run into right center field, and then uh, Mookie Betts got the double to put him ahead. But the Braves do have a very good bullpen, and it showed last night. I don't know if you watched the game last night, but they were able to, uh, whenever they took out their starter, right-hander Ian Anderson, and then the Braves turned it over to the bullpen, they were really good. They used Will Smith, a left-hander, to, to close mm-hmm. out their ball games, and he has pitched better in the month of September. In fact, the Braves is a ball club. Remember, they were really were never above 500 until August, and then that's when they turned things around. Yeah. The, uh, I, I was watching the game. They had uh, – I'm not really familiar with a bunch of players from other teams, but I know they had the bases loaded. The Dodgers loaded the bases up, and they got out of it. Their bullpen got them out of it. So, I mean, I think it's, it's going to be a pretty good matchup. But I think the what – what do you think about the, the, the lineup as far as the batting, the offense for the Astros? As, as far as who has the advantage? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Astros. The Astros are a better hitting ball club. Braves may have, at this point, a better pitching staff, but the Astros definitely have the better hitting ball club up and down the lineup, with the exception of Martin Maldonado, but that's fine because you see what Maldonado brings to the table behind the plate. So you can you can skip a batter, but one yeah. through it, it is very, 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 very tough. So how do you think... Uh, how do you think the Astros will – what do you think they're going to do when they go to Atlanta? You know, they're going to have to – it's going to affect the game quite a bit with the the pitchers having to hit. So who who do they sit down? I mean, they, Alvarez definitely has to play left field, right? So how do you move the, the rest of the outfield around? Tucker in center? Yeah, you might play Tucker in center, or you might not have uh... – you know, you might not have Brantley, where you would play uh, McCormick 
and it depends, you know, if it's right-handed batter or left-handed batter. Even though Brantley does hit good, uh, does hit very well against left-handed pitching, that is a. Uh, I think it also depends on if the Astros are up 2-0. If it's 0-2, 1-1, it depends. That's right. And it also depends on who they're, they're who they're facing. Is he a lefty? Is he a righty? Um, everything just depends. And I, you're not going to say before the series starts, okay, we're going to sit Brantley. We're going to have Tucker play center. I mean, okay, we'll see what happens. Yeah, the uh, like you're saying, whatever happens in the games really dictates what happens later on. And they were they were talking about that in the in the last game that each manager is going to manage this game differently because one manager has no more losses to take and one manager does. So they're going to they're going to manage differently. But one cool thing I saw about this series is the Braves manager, Brian Snitker, is the father of Astros hitting coach, Troy Snitker. Isn't it? I always say that baseball is a small world, and certainly it sure is. Absolutely. And, you know, Brian Snitker, he's a baseball guy. I don't know if you know his story, but he toiled for years and years in the Braves system. And he was let go a couple of times, but he kept finding his way back to the brave system. And, you know, I read this, read the story about him when he first started before he got married, he told his wife, are you sure you want a life in baseball? Because it's not easy. And you're going to be moving from city to city, from minor league town to minor league town. And she stuck it through. And here he is. It's a good story. Both stories are really good from the managerial front. In fact, this is the oldest combined age for managers in a World Series in in the World Series history. So the uh, big guys, Altuve, Bregman, Brantley, the top three guys, they've been struggling, but, you know, uh, Dusty Baker leaves them in the top three of the order. Do you, do you see them turning things around? I mean, we, we've got this far without them even playing very well. So if they turn it around... Alvarez has been amazing. Yuli's been good. I think we're in good shape. Who do you think wins the series? Astros. Astros <laughs> and six. They are we're the set. better ball club. They should have won I, in 2019. I, I agree. Harold, I appreciate you coming on, and congratulations on the job with the Sugarland Skeeters. Thank you very much. It's It was a, a pleasure of calling the games, bringing – baseball to everybody's home that tuned in and i'm looking forward to year number two with the the triple a franchise of the houston astros all right guys thanks for tuning in to astros baseball we'll see you next time thanks for listening to this episode of astros baseball be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode follow rob on twitter at rob Fontenot. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
marketing, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.